I don't care what the song says. It's the dreams in which I'm flying that are the best I've ever had. They're my favorite. I've had them off and on since I was a kid, and they truly are a rare treat. I just let go and immerse myself in these periodic frolics in this weightless dreamscape, enjoying the hell out of the ride. Unlike those lucid dreamers who brag about harnessing their dreams, it's these wild, untamed ones that come to me of their own free will that make it all that much sweeter. If you've ever had a wild fawn eat a freshly picked cherry from the palm of your hand, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No petting zoo will ever recreate that high. I'm dream-flying above Paris, looking down on this oddly quiet city. It must be early morning, but I'm not entirely sure. I do know it's shortly after the Allies liberated France in the fall of 44. I don't question how I know details like this in dreams. I never question it. This level of randomly knowing time and place in my dreams just comes with the territory. Which is why I'm soaring over a city I've never been to, but I'm so familiar with its streets I know exactly which one to swoop down on so I can get a closer look at the cars lined up outside a building that takes up the entire city block. I know things about these cars I would have no way of knowing in my waking life. Things like what their owners are doing here. It's like this information is being given to me somehow as I'm looking down on all of it. It just appears in my head. I know that representatives of five powerful entities, families maybe, are meeting to discuss their plans for the next 75 years. Plans like what wars will be fought, who will win them and who will lose, what territories will be annexed and which governments will be toppled, what markets will flourish and which will fail, who will love, who will live, and who will die. What I don't know is just who these five entities are and where they came from. All I know is their power goes beyond anything I've ever imagined existing. Dropping down from above, I move in on the cars. I can see now that the building they're lined up next to is an old hotel. At first I think that's my focus this hotel and the meeting going on inside. But that isn't it. It's the cars, the Bentley at the very end, and the Mercedes in front of it, and then three Rolls Royces in a row. Cars that today would be worth more than a hundred times their original value. I'm close enough now to focus on their license plates. As I approach the Bentley, I can make out two letters and a series of numbers. G, S, 8, 8, or is it 3, 3, and then an 11. I know I've read poetry in my dreams and remembered enough when I woke to look it up. It's how I discovered poet Lou Welch. But will I be able to remember these license plate numbers when I wake up? And what then? Did motor vehicle records even exist back then? Would those records still exist now? Never one to throw the baby out with the bathwater, 
The aspect of lucid dreaming I've actually cultivated is to remain aware at all times that I'm dreaming when I am, in fact, dreaming. It helps me to recall more details about my dream. And it's that discipline which now alerts me to the fact that I'm not alone in this dream. I can feel the energy signature of whoever it is in here with me. This is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Like they're seeing what I'm seeing through my eyes. And the energy I'm feeling is definitely not human. There's traces of human energy connected to it, though. Almost as if there's something mechanical between me and those traces. Or electrical, maybe. Who or whatever it is, is using me, controlling me in the dream, like I'm a marionette without strings. Or a drone, maybe. They're manipulating me, but for what? I glance at this black-and-white snapshot of the cars lining the street and know with a sobering certainty that instantly clips my wings. They're using me to read these license plates. It's hard to sit bolt upright from a dead sleep when you're already sitting up because that's the only way you can sleep in the cab of an Isuzu Ombre. But that's exactly what I do. I have never woke from a dead sleep with my heart pounding like this, filled with terror. But if there's anything I've learned from being a prescient dreamer, it's that there's a first for everything. Is it even possible that I've just been used to remote view something that occurred long before I was even born? If so, why was it necessary for me to know what that meeting was all about? friends on my book tours, but I've got a handful of loyal readers who let me crash with them when I pass through, like Charlene in western Massachusetts. But when I got to her place last night, she told me her son and his kids were there for the week, so there was no room for me, but I was welcome to stay the night in the driveway. I was grateful just to have a place off the street to sleep safely, and promised to walk her little Jack Russell in the morning like I always do. I love that cheerful little dog. She is seriously my favorite thing about Fitchburg. In all the years I've been passing through here and walking her, she has never once made a peep, just happily walks alongside me doing her business like a boss. And this time is no different. It's a quiet morning, much like the one in the Paris of my dream, but the only Bentley here is parked in the showroom at Jerry Martell's vintage car dealership on Main. I stand gazing at its perfectly shined finish through the window. Maybe I'll head up to the library at Fitchburg State on my way out of town. 
I can use their computers to see what I can learn about European motor vehicle records from 75 years ago. Maybe it'll help me make sense of what I'm pretty sure will never actually make sense. Call me a dreamer. Everyone else does. We'd walked all the way down to the Cleghorn district and halfway back to Charlene's when the true downside of staying in her driveway hits me, and it isn't this kink in my neck. It's this sudden need to relieve myself. As America slides deeper into what it keeps stubbornly pretending isn't its second decade of recession economics, public restrooms have become a thing of the past. Sure, I know I can always duck into Dunkin' Donuts for a coffee and get the restroom key, but what about Little Duchess? She can't come in, and I'm sure as hell not going to leave a dog who never barks tied to the railing outside to be kidnapped by some track rat. I remember seeing a huge pile of gravel in the corner lot on the next street up from Martell's and thinking they're finally going to start work on the apartment building the coming soon sign has promised for years. There's a tall cement wall right behind that pile of gravel, which I think just might give a lady the privacy she needs for taking care of business. I'm reaching in my pocket, hoping I shoved some tissues in there along with Dutchie's doggy bags as we round the corner and head toward the lot when she stops short, one of her stubby little legs raised like she's some kind of bird dog pointing. She really is the coolest little dog. I ask her if she needs to take care of business again, but she ignores me. She started doing something I've never seen her do. She's growling. It's so low it's barely audible, but builds until she's full-on barking. She lowers her leg and begins straining on the leash, trying to drag me toward the empty lot. All I can see other than the pile of gravel is this gray Sebring with tinted windows. It's got government plates, but not state government. U.S. government. What are they trying to do, blend in? It's just sitting there idling its engine next to the gravel pile. There's no other cars around. No people. Nothing. Just this car I can't see inside because of how dark the windows are tinted. But I know it's got to be someone from the government, right? And whatever it is they're doing in there, it's making this sweet little dog lose her shit. Are they blowing a dog whistle? Is that what's making the quietest dog on the planet go nuts? Is there some kind of government program I've never heard of that involves sonic attacks on sweet little dogs? Dogs can hear at different frequencies than humans, right? Because I can't hear a thing. But she sure seems to be hearing something she's all up about. Charlene really needs to get a harness for this dog. The way she's straining on the leash, I'm afraid she's going to slip out of the collar and bolt. I pick her up and decide to approach the car and ask whoever's inside what they're doing. Because it's not just pissing the dog off. It's pissing me off at this point. I make my intentions pretty clear as I storm toward them, shouting as I pick up speed, charging up the block. It's hard to imagine that being the reason they tore out of that lot and burned rubber the moment I got to the curb right across the street from them, though. 
After all, it takes a lot of balls to harass sweet little dogs. A dying industrial town can't afford to provide public toilets to visitors, but our government can afford to pay for people to sit in cars and put dogs in a frenzy blowing dog whistles at them. This makes perfect sense to me, and I'm not even dreaming. That said, didn't I have a dream recently about frequencies? to locate information about the kind of cars you might find on the streets of Paris in 1944, or that those luxury cars from my dream were pretty out of the ordinary there at the time. Finding out about motor vehicle records from back then in a general internet search, however, is impossible. As for finding out anything about this group of five families in my dream who supposedly control the world, Let's just say it's hard to believe anyone calling himself a citizen journalist when all he ever reports on at Conspiracy Theory Central is that the latest disaster never really happened, but George Soros paid crisis actors to pretend it did for some reason that never makes any sense. It seems that along with nihilism, Narcissism has become the order of the day on the Internet. And the problem with narcissists, aside from the obvious, is everything they report is tailored to their own peculiar agenda. Believe them at your own peril. My hour at the library's computer station was quickly running out, and I had learned nothing useful. As usual, I was reaching a dead end, trying to gain insight into yet another dream. I start to log off the computer when I remember I wanted to search Chrysler Sebring with government plates. I did not expect what I'm finding. They were a fleet car for various branches of the Department of Defense back when they were still in production, but most have long since been decommissioned. Thinking maybe one of their low-rent divisions might have held on to theirs due to budget cuts, I do a search of Defense Department agencies and open a PDF listing them. There's a lot, too many for any one of them to stand out. Before I can get through even half of them, my hour is up and the computer logs me off. As I'm leaving the library, I notice a poster is still up on the bulletin board for a government job fair on campus yesterday. Knowing Fitchburg State is friendly to the military, it makes perfect sense there would be Defense Department recruiters there. It also makes sense that some of them are still in town, which would explain the Sebring with government plates. I chuckle to myself over the time I lost, wondering if I'll ever know what little Dutchie was barking at. I'm not surprised to hear a small group of students I pass discussing the job fair. What does surprise me is the comment one of them makes about the slave wage budget the staff at the CIA must be living on these days. 
He says there's no way he'd let those losers recruit him because he wouldn't be caught dead driving some lame-ass Sebring. I should have stopped and asked them how they knew the recruiter for the CIA was driving a Sebring. I should have spent more time exploring that randomly weird encounter this morning rather than Bentley's in Paris in 1944. I should have done anything but walk by and head down the isolated path leading to the guest parking lot in the most remote section of the campus. At first I tell myself it's just my imagination and there's no one walking behind me. Then I tell myself it's some of those students, students who for some reason don't have student parking privileges, so had to park out in the South 40 where I parked the pickup. But my gut tells me these are not students. They're better at walking quietly than I am, but I'm pretty sure there are two of them. There aren't any curves in this path that might give me the opportunity to sneak a glance behind me. My mind races. Pretend I'm bird-watching? If only little Dutchie was with me. That's it. If they're the same ones from this morning, the direct approach sent them running. I turn around and face them. I was right. It is two men, about thirty feet behind me. They're in suits that remind me of the tall man, only without the overcoat and fedora, and I don't see any dragonflies. At first I think my direct approach is working, because much like this morning, they don't seem too comfortable with confrontation. Instead of charging at them and shouting, I simply nod and say a cheerful, Afternoon, gentlemen! The confusion technique seems to be working. It stops them in their tracks. I flash them my famous smile and then take off running. And so do they. So much for the confusion technique. I'm only a hundred feet from the Isuzu, but those guys haven't been sleeping in the cramped cab of a pickup. Their legs are longer and they're definitely in much better shape than I am. Don't fumble with the keys. Don't be like those idiots in movies. Do not fumble with the keys. I repeat the mantra crossing that last hundred feet, wishing this was one of those dreams where I can fly. Keys, from my pocket to my hand to the lock. I'm in. Oh, my God, they're right on top of me. They don't come for the door of the pickup as I lock it while starting the ignition, though. Instead, they jump into the car parked two slots down from me. It's a Sebring with dark-tinted windows, and something tells me I'm about to enter the car chase portion of my day. Only in a world that's gone completely mad would this be happening to me right now. Mm.